Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode 247, recording this live Tuesday, August 25th, 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me on North American soil, terra firma, back to an industrialized nation, it is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association. Mm, Asif, where have you been, man? Off I have the continent. been uh, in uh, Jamaica, uh, not in a tourist resort, very far from a tourist resort. <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh, in the mountains above Montego Bay in some of the poorest parts of Jamaica, uh, trying to, uh, to bring a little bit of love, bring a little bit of help uh, to, uh, to the folks there. What was this? Explain what you were doing there. Uh, basically, I went down with a group of teenagers um, from uh, anywhere from uh, 15 to uh, to 20. From Toronto or from everywhere around Canada? No, all from uh, my local area here. Uh, they're all connected through uh, a church group actually uh, here. And uh, we, um, we, uh, we basically, uh, it, it's this, the, they, they go every year to this community and have been become sort of a fixture in this. It's a different group of people, but, uh, you know, the, this group facilitates this trip every year. And, um, yeah, so uh, we go down and, uh, and they had asked uh, me to come uh, this year and kind of be one of the uh, mentor leader uh, folks uh, to, to participate in this. And so I said yes. Um, and uh, you get down there and it's, uh, it's culture shock, man. It is, um, these people have nothing, like mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, we spent time in an orphanage uh, with basically uh, kids who had been dropped off that nobody cares about, uh, trying to help uh, there a little bit. Uh, we spent time uh, in what they call the infirmary, which is uh, basically a, uh, an old folks home with almost nothing in it. Um, you know, a few rows of beds, uh, guys sitting there with lost limbs and it's, it's all men, uh, lost limbs, uh, you know, they're, they're blind, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, various uh, afflictions, um, basically, you know, they've been left there to just, you know, uh, finish out their last few days. Um, so we spent some time there trying to, uh, bring a little bit of, um, joy to their lives uh for you know for an hour um spent lots of time you know uh in construction type stuff uh building uh roads or fixing roads not building roads fixing roads you know basically literally uh you know uh mixing cement and and filling holes in roads and uh and all of this in like you know 46 degree uh heat um you, you know every day everywhere um you know, just crazy, and and the bulk of the time, you know, in a in a community called Comfort Hall with um, kids and their families, and uh, you know, just every kid, you know, barely clothed, um, you know, you know, hanging on to you, just looking for somebody to play with. I, like I played with this girl for three days straight. Every time I was there, her, her name's Tina, and she's like six, and just playing catch with her and uh realized like like I, I did that the first day and then i got back and i realized i didn't think about it at the time but i realized like basically she doesn't have a father around to play ball with um and probably 60 70 percent of the kids in this community don't have fathers around because they've just left um and they're on to the next you know 
wife or you know whatever um and they don't care about these kids um and uh yeah it's it's sad like it's just it's sad yeah it's really it's really crazy so we took down a whole bunch of shoes and clothing and you know about a hundred soccer balls and blew them up for these kids and you know did stuff and played with them and ate with them and brought them food and yeah it was you know it was it was very very heart-wrenching uh and emotional at times and uplifting at others but um tough tough stuff it's crazy the the the, uh just the amount of poverty and but on the flip side you you know what i found when i traveled was there was a sincere sense of optimism it's kind of like you don't know what you're missing so you don't you don't know what the rest of the world is like um yeah and when when i traveled it was it was um i'd be in the himalayas in the poor poor regions but there was such a, a a sense of not bewilderment or wonderment but happiness just contentment around the villages that i would stay yeah. in and and the simplest things like uh, we were told to bring pens and pins and yep. candies little candies not like you know lots of candy but yeah. lollipops and things that, that that were just so out of reach and out of context in that in that area but the joy that it brought, um, but but what I was struck with was the generosity and the the warmth of the heart that you find in these people. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It, it's uh, and and that's it. That's exactly it. Most of these, like like I mean, they're they're happy with yeah. what with what like little they have, and they don't complain about anything. Um, you know, and uh, but but man, it's it, it's uh, it's tough. And we went to some of the homes, and we visited. Um, like some of these kids, we went to their their houses and like met their their you know like their shut in you know grandmother or grandfather who like is ninety seven years old. This one guy I talked to and like he can't get out of the house anymore. He can't oh, go nice. anywhere. And so um, you know I spent some time with him, just chatting with him, and um, you know like amazing stuff, right? But these homes, like you stand on the floor and like the floor, like you feel like you're gonna break it, like it's gonna fall through, you know you know uh i don't know it's just it's not uh it's not you're not in canada anymore that's you're not in canada anymore but then you come back Uh, to canada and all of that to say this is my poor excuse for uh you know not getting an episode up next week Uh, that's my fault not not for lack of effort i I recorded just for everybody's knowledge you know we we apologize for breaking the streak of Uh, 246 previous consecutive episodes not missing a week, um, but we tried. Uh, I actually recorded the stories uh, uh, myself before I left, the ones that I was doing, and tried to get them to Rob. And for whatever reason, uh, it just it just didn't work out. And uh, so we attempted to have a show last week uh, while I was away, and uh, it didn't work out. So I, I apologize for that. And uh, I should have just put up something. I just should have put up my own voice saying, "Hey, no yeah. show this week." Yeah, I don't <laughs> episode two forty seven. Uh, we yeah. are, we're back at it. New streak started and, um, it's all we'll, going to start at one. <laughs> it'll all go again. So like um, how many days till the last, in, last accident? Well, yeah. And this is a, um, obviously the same show. We got uh, five great stories. We got some great partner, um, uh, member news items, and there's a resource instead of, um, a, a guest this week. And, 
and uh, it's a very worthwhile resource for you guys. Um, and and I think that you have a few events that you want to talk about right now before we actually get into the uh, get into the show. What what is it that so just just one Loco? actually? Uh, you know, Retail Loco uh, is is coming back October twenty second, twenty third. Uh, we've opened up registration, so just go to retailloco. Uh, and you can learn all about the details there. We've got some great new sponsors and speakers uh, uh, participating this year. Jeff Ulrich uh, uh, just messaged me uh, before I left uh, from United Airlines. He's joining. Great. That's actually one of the stories we'll be talking about in next week's show. Uh, they've just launched a whole new location-based piece to uh, to their app and what they're doing. Um, so, uh, yeah, so lot, lots of good stuff uh, happening. I know Redbox is coming back uh, and a few other interesting uh, brands uh, that we're in, in talks with right now, uh, some interesting retailers that may be uh, joining the speaking program. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, and, again, it's October 22nd, 23rd in Chicago. Just go to retailloco you know, what was fascinating about last year was a year ago this time was when uh, um, Target announced that they were bailing on Canada, right? So, and you had uh, you, you had somebody from Target that you got to yes. sit down with and couldn't obviously ask about it because we didn't know what the ramifications were. But uh, here's a year later, no Target in Canada, like no Target in Canada. Crazy, right? Crazy. And, and such a, you know, a catastrophe in retail going on. It's crazy. Not only the markets, when you come back up here to North America, see, the markets are in, in free fall. Your Blue Jays are tied with my Yankees for first place. Awesome. Retail is in total, total disarray. And, and, and you know, you, you hear about these things. And then I have to suffer through the most indignant of indignancies. Look at this. If you're not watching this, I'm just showing my monster headphones right now these things are not cheap these are these are expensive headphones and, and look at what happened to them the the leather piece ripped off and so all the stuffings in the innards pop out so uh, you know i expect this is a premium brand i expect to go be able to go and reach out to the premium brand like i would apple and be re, they would be receptive to me and, and uh, it took I, I sent them an email two emails and a tweet and it took them six days to respond to me first of all six days you wonder what's wrong with retail the second thing is the process in order for me to return those is that i have to send them everything a picture a receipt all those kinds of things send it to them then they're going to send me a box which i will put my headphones in then i have to pay shipping there and back ridiculous into the states nowhere in canada only into the states uh, in which they will uh, assess the headphones once they arrive at um at their facility then they will decide and they will ship it back to me provided that they, this is in stock these brands are in stock they said it could take six to eight weeks what's wrong with retail why is amazon going to kill these guys because they take care of all that for monster you're right. dead to me never will i buy a brand uh, something from that brand again and hopefully you guys out there won't either ridiculous but then i go into apple store and i say hey my phone isn't charging they grab it go and fix it I, I, my son has an old iPhone 4. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it was coming apart. What did they do? They walked in there, gave me a brand new one, right? That is what you, that's retail. That's why, you know, Apple understands retail monster. My God, yeah. forget it. It's the, only, it's the only reason I would buy Beats because I can get them. And I know that if, I, if something went wrong, I could just walk back into the Apple store without hesitation. They would replace it. My God. See, that's what we have to deal with here up in the, in the, in the first world, first world problems. Yes. Headphones Indeed. exploding. Indeed, but I'll tell you one—the one thing that uh, a little little moment of joy while I was down there this week. These guys, um, well, not everybody, but many of them have uh, the one convenience that they have in life is they do have a mobile phone, right? Um, and it's not—it's not a smartphone like we've got. It's—it's it's, you know the sort it's of a BlackBerry, the old, is it? 
No, no, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's just an old, um, you know, some sort of like Nokia or, or something. It's got a screen on it, but it's, it, it's very, you know, it's, it, it's the old sort of, um, uh, what, what's, you know, what, what is it? I mean, it, it's a feature phone basically, yeah. but it's got some stuff on it and most people have one of those things and, and, um, you know, it can play a little bit of music or whatever. Um, but, uh, I woke up on, uh, I guess it was, I gotta think back now. It must've been. Friday, I think it was Friday morning. I woke up because there was a bunch of commotion outside the the little motel that we were staying in, um, and I'm like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And and uh, there was like a bunch of people like just going crazy in the street, and uh, I, I realized afterwards that it, it was because Usain Bolt had just won the hundred meter at the at the World Championship. Beat a Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, and then it happened again, uh, on Sunday because the woman, uh, Jamaican woman, uh, woman had won the hundred meters. Um, so people, uh, you know, like, you know, like they've got their little pockets of, of things to get excited about there. And, uh, yeah, that was certainly one of them. And, uh, be, to be able to watch that, to, uh, the reaction locally in the That's community. Pretty cool. Yeah. That's so pretty cool. it was there dis- you go. Despair up here in Canada. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we say uh, we, we will we reserve the conversation uh, to uh, for our next episode around uh, this whole Yankees uh, Jays uh, rivalry that is heating yes. up. Um, and, Seven uh, teams left, and you know it's it's going to be oh, four and three. Oh, you know this is going to be just an amazing. I hope they meet first round of the playoffs. That's all I can say. Yeah. First round after after the Jays win the wild card, the Yankees win the pennant. First round after that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Enough said. All right. Why don't right. We, why don't we jump into the Let's top five stories it. of the week? Yeah. We'll go cruise through this. It's supposed to be a short episode, right? All right, our, our uh, first story this week is about a company called Rapify. Look, I use my car pretty much every day. I know a lot of you guys do as well. Uh, I'm not really at that point where I'm willing to earn revenue from it by lending it out to people. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of uh, like get around these companies that are that are using excess inventory. I'm not really up for that yet. Um, but I, here's an opportunity to actually earn some money while you're out there driving your car. Uh, the company is Rapify. You go to Rapify.com, like rap as in W-R-A-P-I-F-Y.com. And it basically allows you, if you qualify, to they'll wrap advertising around a panel on your car, half of your car, or your entire car. Not the windows. Come on, don't be dumb. Okay? But literally, when you see those branded cars walking around and you think, oh my God, who in their right mind would be driving that Red Bull car for fun? Mm-hmm. Now you can actually be one of those guys driving that Red Bull car with the advertising. They, uh, they'll they pay you. Uh, you know, on average, probably around, you know, what I've seen, maybe three, $400 a month. Uh, to actually allow you, or a little bit more than that, actually, sometimes maybe up to $800 or $900 a month, um, depending on how much of your car you want to be wrapped in advertising. This is totally, totally, totally location-based, contextual-based marketing, provided that the advertising on a car is uh, is for your neighborhood, is something that you can find. So big brands participating in this. I don't know who's doing it. Um, but there's uh, you know no upfront cost for you guys, and basically it snaps into place, and you can apply to become a driver at Rapify.com. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. There Advertisers you unite. Um, you've now got uh, a billboard inside of uh, on the outside of everybody's car. We've seen some companies like this before, um, but nothing like this. I don't know that they actually paint it on. They just wrap it up with stickers and. Uh, and some of them, it looks like for me uh, that they actually just basically construct something around the, the frame of your car. Rapify.com. Awesome. Very good. Would you do All that? Right. Would you do that? Uh, 
Uh, I'd do a whole car. You, you would you would do a whole car? No, I don't think I would. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if, if I have a car, if I, I could, I mean, if you could earn the cost of the car. Every yeah, if you month, could cover your like your lease payment or something. Yeah, like what? You know, maybe. maybe, maybe. I don't know. You stick out. Rapify.com. Yeah, I wonder if there's like any like um, you know restrictions around that like, the car must be you know visible for x number of you know hours a day or well they say how many miles do you drive right so yeah. they base it on on your commute uh, yeah. and that's really what they do so if you're on the road they assume look at if you're driving 100 kilometers or 100 miles yeah a day, but like how do they verify that like I mean, you have I... an app so you basically tap into the app when you're in your car and so you you start the app and you say i'm driving right okay i don't know how they verify and it i like it a lot yeah okay yeah. all right our second whole... story over to china uh, where our good friends at Tencent, uh, the big behemoth uh, over there, have made another uh, strategic investment, this time in indoor location company Senseware. This is the uh, UK-based uh, Senseware. Um, and this is, a, I think, a big move on, on a couple of fronts. First, you know, we've seen these Asian companies uh, trying to position themselves in the indoor location market. Obviously, we, you know, we talked about Baidu making an investment in, in, in uh, Indoor Atlas. Uh, we saw South Korea Telecom uh, make the acquisition of Shopkick. And now we have Tencent uh, putting money into Senseware. So they're obviously trying to get, you know, their hands on, on technology in this space. Um, and in some cases, like in the SK uh, deal, it's about, you know, operating in both uh, you know North America and and in the Asian markets in this case I think it's more about bringing technology into the uh, the Chinese market and so senseware uh, they've secured a license uh, as part of the investment to the senseware uh, platform it's being embedded into the Tencent map location SDK um, and so that's pretty interesting and basically they've got the rights to, to sell this uh, or uh, first right of refusal kind of thing to sell this to you know any uh, affiliate companies uh, within the Tencent um, you know family as well as making it the preferred vendor I understand for all location-based advertising services in China so uh, this is a huge deal if you're senseware um, I'm gonna try and get uh, Rob their CEO to come on uh, in a couple weeks and talk about this um, but uh, exciting times, I think, for, for Senseware and, and a good deal for, for Tencent uh, as far as positioning in, in the market is concerned. These investments, you know, they, they're done methodically and in sequence and they add up to quite a bit. We thought about that, though. Yes. Remember the old PayPal when eBay kind of armed itself with all those great companies around uh, mobile commerce. And uh, we're, we're, maybe we're starting to see that with PayPal these days. Who knows? Yeah, it's. Start, I mean, they're still. They made their first uh, post acquisition. Uh, separation acquisition. Yeah. Uh, I guess this week. So. So they're in the news. Yeah, I don't know if it's good, but we'll see. They're in the know, news. I don't Any. know if they're going to be in the in the top ten trends for 2016 on your, uh, you know, on our prediction show. Who knows? We'll see. Mm. All right, our uh, third story here involves notifications. God, you know, sometimes I love notifications. Sometimes I just despise notifications to see if I, you know, I, I drive by the same Starbucks uh, around the corner from my house every single day and it, this stupid thing pops up on my screen on my iPhone that says, hey, there's a Starbucks here and it doesn't give me any context or any value, yeah. right? And those are the kind of things that drive me crazy. So you turn those off and then I'll never, ever know if there's any value ever given to me by Starbucks. But, but notifications are 10 
continuous relationships with the end user and you have to manage those with absolute care. And then there's the opposite, which is Apple. When you connect all of your devices into, uh, you know, into the iCloud or the Apple Cloud, you end up, when your phone rings, it rings on 77 devices and you can't answer it fast enough. So I, like, I literally, I don't know what you, like, <laughs> it rings on my phone, it rings on my, on my iPad, on my computer and my iPhone and my iPad, like it just, everything in my house rings when somebody phones and, and uh, I don't know how to turn that off or customize it. it drives me crazy. Right. So you end up turning it all off and no notifications get through. So here's a company called Lattice that is trying to manage that infrastructure for you. The, the, the way that notifications flow to you based on the context with which you are in. And, and I, I really like this because, you know, there are times when I'm traveling and my phone is in my pocket, my iPad is not with me, that it should never ring on my iPad or nothing should be sent to my iPad. It should only only be sent to my phone or in the example that I read is that hey I'm out running it shouldn't be sent to my phone it should be sent to my watch right so here is an, here's a company that manages all of that flow mm. for you now you as the programmer have the ability to tell it when you want to trigger certain things when it should go to the phone versus the watch versus the tablet versus the computer but at least this is the middleware that allows you to do that and I think it'll get much smarter as as people start using this and as they, the platform develops it develops a little bit more uh, you know, there's coming out with an SDK for iOS and Android, and you can tie into some core development languages. It brings in things like what, what I'm seeing here is SendGrid, Twilio, MailChimp, Urban Airship, Boxcar, Kahuna. So it, it brings in all these tools and is a central place where you can actually then manage where it goes and when it goes. This is smart. I can't believe companies haven't come up with this before. Uh, you know, the company's name is is called, uh, now I've forgotten the company's Lattice, and you can go to lattice.io, lattice.io for more information. You can request an invite there just this is smart smart messaging very, very smart, smart notifications very cool. yeah i'm 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 all for this uh, please please so, you know solve this problem somebody please solve this problem or else notifications will die a slow painful death all righty very good our yeah. fourth story now back to the u.s uh and this time uh, an interesting app called fish brain f-i-s-h brain um, this is a collaboration between uh, a group uh, of app developers that are uh, uh, avid uh, fishermen and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service uh, have teamed up to do this. And so basically what we're doing is, and, and, I, and I pulled this one up because I am a guy who enjoys fishing and uh, I just, uh, you know, I track a number of sites that, that uh, highlight things in, in, the, in this category and I came across this and I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. This, is, this, this should be on uh, something we talk about. So what is fish brain? Um, it's all about tracking endangered species of fish. And the idea is, is that if you're out camping or fishing and, and you know, wherever you are, uh, you catch something or you spot a certain species uh, of fish uh, and it's on the endangered species list, uh, we want to know, uh, well, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service wants to know where that is. And so it's basically a very simple way through, through an app uh, to crowdsource um, the, the, you know, the prospect of doing research and conservation work in this space. So you spot something, you geotag it to the map uh, in, in, in this thing um, and basically help the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service know, you know, you know where the populations of these uh, endangered species are. Uh, pretty simple stuff, but it makes a lot of sense. And why go and build something when there's people already out there, you know, that are fishing and doing this kind of stuff? You know, the government is basically passing the cost of, you know, uh, down to, you know, the people who love fishing. 
And I, I think that makes sense. I think that's, you know, that's what governments should be doing uh, is, is, you know, finding new ways to resource things instead of going out and hiring more people at the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to go do this stuff. Let's just go, you know, talk to the average fisherman who's out there anyways, you know, enjoying, you know, their sport and uh, and can and can, you know, help uh, help the government in this way. So I think it's brilliant. Uh, if you're in the uh, fishing world, go check out Fish Brain. Fish Brain. I wonder how long it's going to be before all of the fishermen in the world who drop their phones while documenting the fish <laughs> in the lake ask for reimbursement for doing nice. good. Yes. Because, you know, phones don't float. Phones, they don't float. They don't. They don't float. All right, our last story. Did you know, this is a staggering statistic, but if you look at New York City, you know this, Asif, when you walk down the street on garbage day. It is it is not a good experience, man. It's not. I have been in Calcutta, and it smelled better than New York on garbage day, right? And, and I, I got to tell you, so, but here's what they say is that New York recycles half of the average compared to the rest of the United States around cities. It, literally, they, they, their recycling sucks. They, these guys don't recycle. They just chuck. They just chuck things out. So maybe it's because of education. Maybe it's because, you know, up here in Canada, especially in Ontario, I don't know about the rest of the provinces, we've gone now to garbage collection every two weeks. So it forces you to actually mm -hmm. recycle all your food products, um, which, is, which is good and bad, I suppose. Um, but, uh, so here's a company called Intellibins that is trying to educate a population, starting with New York City, you go to Intellibins.nyc, to actually help them understand and maps the 1,535 recycling points that cover 21 materials, recyclable materials, that actually you can go and drop things off. So if you have no idea what is recyclable or what, like paint cans and thinner and plastic, then here's a here's an app that you can download that will actually tell you that if you want to recycle your electronics, go here. It's a free place where you can drop off your, your, uh, your electronics to be recycled. This was uh, started by Sandy Woodruff, Catherine Hurley, Diana Malera, Malara, and Pratt. Oh, you know, Pratt, your name is tough. Tana Pay Sankit. Yeah, it's not. That's totally wrong. Did However, right? yeah, but it, it is. These guys they met at a uh, Google hackathon, a Google Glass hackathon, and migrated away from glass into, into the phones. And uh, so that's what they done. They built this app, and it's based on the New York City uh, Open Data Platform and New York Recycles and the team's own research. And so, if you have no idea where to take your recyclables, download this app. Download it right now and then start recycling. So go to intellibins.nyc. That's a good go. that's a good initiative right there. I like it a lot. It's very good. And, and you know what? The cool thing is is while New York sucks at recycling, <laughs> is you know, they, they excel at uh, creating entrepreneurial uh, location based uh, mobile uh, companies and platforms. So I'm not surprised this comes in a city like that. Uh, and I hope it helps uh, you know lift the uh, the recycling rates up. Yeah, it's where Foursquare also emanated from, isn't it? That's New York right. City? Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, also, you know what else uh, New York's good at? Baseball. Base yeah. Baseball, baby. The only New York team that's going to do anything this year is the Mets. Mets? Oh, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts. All right. A Subway okay. series. All right, so those are the top five stories of the week. What do you think? Those are good stories. Those are great stories. And short, I know we've been babbling here a little bit, but Asif and I haven't talked to each other in a couple of weeks, so this is what happens. Yeah, you know, Two girls get together, this is what happens, you know? Uh, Asif, we don't have a guest, but you do have a, we resource. Have a resource. Yeah, so bring that resource through right about now. Good partner, XAD. 
Yeah, our good friends at XAD, they've launched something, uh, a new piece of research called the Global Location Snapshot. And uh, I won't spoil it all other than I'm going to pull out one key statistic that I think uh, everybody should know about. Basically, uh, what they found is is that uh, uh, the vast majority, 78% of marketers that they surveyed, are already using location in their mobile ad campaigns. What's really interesting about this, however, is that um, when they contrasted this, uh, the type of location engagement that's happening, for the first time ever, um, uh, sort of um, passive location tracking, if you will, has overtaken the real-time engagement in campaigns. Mm. So in other words, what, what we mean by that is, is instead of it being about push notifications when Rob walks by the Starbucks, where it's a real-time thing, um, there's less of that going on and more use of location in a passive uh, data collection, um, history, um, audience segmentation type of framework that's happening. And that, so, so, so that type of use of location by marketers has overtaken the use of, of kind of the real-time engagement, which I think is, is, is good and bad in some ways. I think that it, what it means is, is that the real-time engagement is getting better um, and it's being used in the right context in a less creepy way than it may have been in the past, uh, that it may have turned a lot of people off. And at the same time, we're actually using location data, you know, collecting this history of, of what's going on, you know, understanding audiences. And then when we do use real-time engagement, we're doing it in a much smarter, right. uh, you know, much more, um, you know, realistic, opportune uh, framework that should yield better results. You're so, not screaming at somebody. Yeah. So the research is actually proving that the industry is maturing. So good on XAD for kind of bringing that forward and, and sharing that. And that is, again, the XAD Global Location Snapshot uh, available at the LBMA's research uh, page on our site as well as uh, directly just go to xad.com and you can find it there. That that's a that that shows right that that we're not just sitting there screaming at people buy this buy me buy me yeah. buy me right uh, and but we're collecting a lot of data which is obviously in this whole Ash, post Ashley Madison world should also be alarming so you know what's being collected and that's part of the education piece and and for you marketers out there who are listening to this collect only what is necessary don't over collect the data that you don't need please that's please, right please please only collect what what you, you know pick a metric we say this all the time pick the one metric that is important to you and your business collect that so that you can better serve your customers certain things you don't need don't collect those there you go that's right. so, right. XAD, so the lbma.com forward slash research or xad.com all right uh last thing we want to do here is cover some member news so we got three stories that are relevant to you guys um but there are also happen to be lbma members so asif why don't you kick that off bro there you go all right uh, well, over to Sweden, uh, where, as you know, uh, I've uh, been spending a lot of time over the last uh, couple of years, and we've, we've got, it seems to be a, a growing uh, base of activity happening for the LBMA over there. And uh, one of those things is uh, there's a retailer over there called Allens. It's uh, A-H-L-E-N-S. It's the largest department store chain uh, in Sweden. And their agency, uh, Forsman and Bodenfors, uh, have uh, teamed up to do something really, uh, really cool. Uh, they're using Instagram um, to get people in the door. But it's not just uh, the way we've seen Instagram used in the past where it might be, hey, take a photo of this thing and you know, uh, you know, tag it and post it and all that sort of stuff. It's a little bit more complicated than that um, and a little bit more fun. So what they've basically done is they've got displays set up, uh, uh, digital screen type of displays, 
where they've got images of products available in the uh, all-in stores, and they're basically flashing through in a kind of rotation on the uh, on these screens at you know fairly rapid clip, like faster than you know you might expect. Um, and they, and they sort of gamified uh, gamified the uh, you know what they want you to do here. So they want you to kind of use your Instagram on your device to try and snap a photo of one of these uh, products that's flashing through on the screen. But they're moving really fast, so it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do. You have to try and snap this thing before it disappears from the screen. And uh, if you get it, then, and, and you post it, uh, so you're able to capture the image, uh, a photo of that image, and then you're able to post it uh, with, the, with the appropriate hashtag, you can actually get that item for half price. So it's a whole different way to think about couponing. You have to like earn your coupon, and at the same time, you have to create, you know, a social magnification, you know, and a sharing of, of the uh, the thing in, in a platform like Instagram. So I think this is really, really, uh, really, really innovative, really cool th- way to think about how to use Instagram and to do couponing, where you actually have to earn the coupon instead of just, you know, giving it away to, to everybody. So very well, very good execution by uh, by Allins there and uh, Instagram. Uh, our second piece of member news uh, is our good buddy Lawrence uh, over at uh, Double Dutch. Uh, Lawrence Coburn uh, is a funding announcement. So these guys have been at it for a long time. Um, I think Rob and I probably talked about these guys in maybe like episode number three or something. Way back when, like, I don't know, six years ago, almost five years ago probably. Um, but um, they, uh, they've raised an additional $45 million. This is a Series E uh, uh, funding uh, led by KKR, uh, as well as participation from Bessemer Ventures and Index Ventures. Uh, in total, they've raised now $78.7 million. Um, and uh, they're going to use this money, according to Lawrence, to uh, basically uh, fund international expansion uh, beyond where they already are. They're currently over 1,000 customers. Uh, they have 260 employees with uh, operations in uh, San Francisco, Amsterdam, London, Hong Kong, and Portland. And uh, they feel like uh, there's yet more for them to do in, in other markets. Uh, Lawrence, if you're listening to this, you know, we have operations at the LVMA in 21 cities around the world. We'd be happy to team up with you in all those different markets and uh, help, you, uh, help you get some traction in those places. So uh, feel free to reach out to me and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll do that. Um, and so, yeah, there you go. Uh, Double Dutch raises $45 million. All right, and then our third piece of member news this week is uh, our good friends at Clear Channel are, are at it yet again, specifically Clear Channel's airports division. They've teamed up with Monster Media uh, and AMC, the television network, um, to do something kind of cool. So you might, if you've been watching, if you watch AMC, you'll uh, know that one of the shows, one of the hit shows that's been on AMC for the last uh, couple of months is something called Humans. I happen to be uh, a fan of this show. I, I've been watching it, and um, I like it a lot. But uh, the premise of this show is all about uh, a future where uh, you have the ability uh, to go out and buy basically a, uh, I'll call them your own personal servant, uh, if you will, that is effectively an android uh, that looks exactly like a human, talks like a human, behaves like a human. Uh, they're not supposed to have emotions, but uh, if you watch the show, uh, there's a there, there's a certain um, uh, subset of these uh, of these uh, human devices um, that uh, 
mistakenly uh, have emotions and they're creating their own thing. Uh, that's part of the, the theme of the show. But uh, in general, um, it's not about that. It's about having, you know, this, this, this person that can, you know, or this device that can, you know, lighten the load of the, of the, the normal humans, if you will. And um, to promote this show, what they've done is, is uh, they've launched a part, uh, this, this installation at Hartsfield Jackson uh, Atlanta Airport uh, concourses T, A, B, C, and D, where they've got these, instead of having just the charging systems that we, we, we need and we love at, at airports, when you go to get charged, uh, to charge your phone, you can basically, you know, charge up your, your human device as well, which these things on the TV show require charging at night and stuff like that. Um, and so uh, they've actually got like uh, display models of these things there. You can, you know, uh, fake order your, your own human uh, Android, if you will. And uh, so it's, it's an interesting thing. Like they're tying the idea of charging, you know, your, your mobile phone together with, uh, you know, charging your uh, your uh, Android servant, um, you know, and, uh, and you can take pictures with it and all that sort of stuff at the airport. So it's kind of cool. Uh, they did this obviously a little while ago. This is not happening currently. They did it um, to promote the launch of the TV show on AMC, uh, which runs Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, so there you go. Humans. AMC's humans teaming up with Clear Channel and Monster Media. I did. I watched that show for a little bit. Um, I, then I went on vacation and totally forgot about it. So that's usually my litmus test. Do you like the show or not? I do. I do. I do. I mean, I like the, I like the concept of it. Um, like uh, with all these shows, except for The Walking Dead, really, um, it, it just kind of becomes monotonous at the end, right? Like it's just, you know, it, it's all yeah, uh, uh, hard to explain. But um, uh, but I'll tell you one thing that it did remind me is I just finished this great book called Sapiens. It's called It's a Brief History of Humankind. I think it's what it's called. And it's by this guy, Yuval Harari. And okay. it's, it's, it's not a new book, but it was out and pub published in 2014. Um, but he, uh, I, I'm a huge Jared Diamond fan. He wrote uh, Guns, Germs, and Steel and a bunch of other books that, that were really very interesting about the evolution of humans. And at the very end of the book, he, without talking about humans, because the show hadn't been invented at that point, he was talking obviously about this cyborg mechanism and, and you know, the evolution of, of humans, sapiens, and yeah. how brief our stay is on this planet. And the fact that what we're doing right now, we're meddling with science, that we could actually lead to the, not the evolution of sapiens, but the extinction of sapiens and the, the you know, and what, what happens next, um, whatever, whatever is called next, whatever the, 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 the type, not humans, but whatever it is that comes next will Crazy. evolve from this, right? So it, it's, it's, he it, it just walks us through the history of sapiens, uh, homo sapiens, and how at every step of the way, it hasn't been evolution, it's been catastrophe, right? Like, like um, you know, how, how humans have kind of, or sapiens kind of, everything that they touch is destroyed like deforestation like all the animals that we've that we've we put on the endangered list or are extinct as a result about it not only that but you know all of the the previous humanoids that have been you know ruling the land basically sapiens have taken over and there are it's it's crazy to think about it but that we're talking about this and it's very apropos for the for the humans television show and that's there that's what's fascinating, fascinating. I mean, and that's the thing about this podcast people like yeah, you don't you know, know what you're gonna i'm get. here to learn about location-based marketing and while you're at it you're gonna hear review. about <laughs> the extinction of our species yes you're gonna hear about baseball yeah you're gonna hear about springsteen 
you know, and, and who knows what else? I mean, well, like, you know, you know, while you're reading about, you know, the evolution and extinction stuff, Rob, you know what I read uh, the other week was I went and reread, actually, To Kill a Mockingbird. Nice, because, because there's of a the sequel. Harper yeah. Lee's new yeah. book that's out. And I want to make sure I went and reread that before I read the new one. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it, while, you're, while, while you're up here talking about evolution and, you know, the potential extinction of our species. <laughs> yes. I was basically reading about de-evolution yes. and, you know, the, uh, the slavery and racism of, you know, the early uh, part of this century. The beautiful uh, thing is that... In the southern United States, so there the, you go. The beautiful thing is you can't talk about sapiens and you can't talk about evolution and commercialism and money and the economy and civilization without talking about the reasons why uh, you, you, there were slaves, right? It all, it all like, man, it, it's all so interconnected. And it's all crazy. that to say, people... Crazy. You know, if even if you have to miss producing a podcast for a week... Yeah. You know, it's worth going out and connecting with parts of our world. Yes. <laughs> parts of our world that just don't have what we have. Yeah. And I highly recommend it. Uh, go do it. Go and do it. Good words to end on, Asif. Let's put it at that. Episode 247, a change to Asif Khan and the same old Rob Woodbridge. We'll be back for 248 next week. Soon. Very, very, very soon. With a bunch more stories, a bunch more insight Probably some discussion about the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Maybe a little bit of Bruce Springsteen. Probably some book review. But you can count on us for 248. We'll see you next time on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. <laughs>